There is something so precious about a seed. It is present, it is future, it is beauty locked away, yet to be realized. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Normally, my gardener inclinations get cranking with the start of the new year as I plan out my garden beds, look through the very first of the seed catalogs, and start thinking about what extraordinarily hot chilies I need to start growing in the depths of winter. But there are some seeds that take a slightly different approach to sowing that require a bit more prep work than others, especially if you have a goal of rewilding your gardens with native perennial flowering plants to attract and boost the population of native pollinators. One such plant is a favorite for its sweet scent, beautiful flowers, and the array of native insects that swarm a patch when in bloom. Common milkweed. By now, our milkweed patches have already bloomed and the pods are ripening. Though it seems like for any plant which forms dense colonies, I always seem to find one or two specimens that defiantly bloom by their own calendar. It is this time of year when you can seek out a wild milkweed patch and keep an eye on it. The seeds of the milkweed are contained in an oblong fruit called a follicle. It is somewhat rounded at the base, slightly curved, and comes to a blunt point on the tip. When the fruit is fully ripe, this follicle tears open so that the fluffy seeds can take to the wind on the next strong autumn storm. For the wild gardener, you want to harvest these pods just before the burst, at maximum ripeness but with no risk of losing those precious seeds to the wind prematurely. So I always recommend keeping an eye to these plants throughout the entire month of September if you have the goal of harvesting their seeds, as some plants or patches ripen sooner than others. Once I find pods that are at their peak of ripeness, I take them home for processing. Now some folks advocate for putting the follicles in a paper bag and placing them in a warm spot in the house to finish ripening and to allow them to burst. This does work, but does seem to make a bit of a mess. I prefer to tear each fruit open before they burst grab the clumps of brown seeds by their white down, and tear them loose a pinch at a time. This allows me to quickly end up with a nice bag full of seeds without any of the fluff that can make their handling a challenge. I then set the seeds out to dry for a couple of months. Being a northern species, our common milkweed seeds need a long period of cold dormancy, called cold stratification, before they are ready to germinate. In the wild, this ensures that the seeds do not prematurely start germinating before spring has sprung. For the domestic gardener, I have found the best way to do this to ensure the greatest yield of plants is to cold stratify them in the fridge. I place the seeds in a thin layer on a pre-moistened paper towel and then fold it up and place it in a closed zip-top bag in the fridge for a minimum of three months. At some point in early March, I typically sow these cold stratified seeds in a seed starting tray in a sunny window and keep them well watered. Once the seedlings are vigorous and all danger of frost has passed, I slowly harden them off and plant them out into gardens. While this first year they are just getting their footing and will not bloom, these tenacious natives will soon form a thick patch that will be abuzz with no end of bees of all kinds, beneficial wasps, butterflies, hummingbird moths, and beetles. So this weekend is the perfect time to find a local milkweed patch near you if you have goals of starting your own. I look for disturbed areas like roadsides, old fields, ditches, and vacant lots. In these places, the plants might lend a scruffy, unkempt aesthetic, but rest assured that in a well-intentioned butterfly garden, these magnificent perennials will become a focal point and source of endless beauty. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 